Yeah, I'm here, man. Hey, welcome to The Edge. Yeah, good to be with you again, brother. It's been a while. Man, I ain't seen you since Gen 6. I know, man. It's been a lot of craziness going on to where we haven't been able to meet up in person for a long time. Well, craziness, I don't know. If that, that, that word almost doesn't, really doesn't fit. There's got to be something like multiply that to some degree. Craziness, in, insanity. Uh, you know, somebody, you know, I get asked all the time, you know, go through the lo- checkout line and somebody says, how are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm keeping it real in an unreal world because maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that's it. That's a good way of putting it, man. You know, the distinction I keep making, uh, I keep making for people, you know, is, is I'm like, this is the quintessential prophetic fulfillment of the fact that we are under freaking delusions, mm. brother. Like, like people are legit delusional. I was listening to your rants earlier, you know, even run down, running down through the headlines from the satanic ritualistic sacrifice that Alec Baldwin did on set, by mm. the way, because mm. there's no such thing as live rounds mm. on a, on a Hollywood set. I mean, there's, quintuple redundancies built into safety most of those weapons that are used in those and and those type of hollywood sets aren't even capable of firing live rounds right these are these are a lot of times air compressed flash like like listen i've looked into this stuff for doing theatrical hollywood special effects for tactical training for people like you know so you, you have that going on over here then you have the lgbt freak show action going on you know with this poor guy's daughter being sodomized by this the, by this freak and then him being arrested. I mean, and it goes on and on to, to what you were saying about this four star at the first ever four star Admiral female. It's a freaking dude, bro. Like how hard is this to listen? I had, I, I had this tranny come say something to me one time about, you know, or, or no, actually it was, it was other Christian leaders. And they said, Hey, you need to know that this, this new uh, girl coming to you, uh, she thinks that she's a boy. So we just want you to be gentle around that. I go, she thinks she's a boy. I, I'll tell you what, drop trowel. I'll clear it up for you right now. <laughs> It'll take about two seconds for me to determine whether or not you're a girl or a boy. Well, so again, this isn't a Christian or mission organization that le- literally wanted to make allowances for allowing good to be called evil, evil to be called good, fellowshipping with lawlessness and darkness, and then all the while claiming that they are honoring God with their acts of love towards these people. Hmm. This is the quintessential delusions. Hmm. You know, I, I have people ask, me all the time like like jamie how should we handle this or i have this family member i have this whatever i have this co-worker i have this thing going on with my boss and blah blah and i just i keep sending them articles i keep trying to blah, and and it's like beating my head against the wall and i go because here's the deal here's the bottom line is you are trying to communicate with people as if they are simply ignorant and mm. and when mm. you're trying to debate somebody or speak to them as if they're in ignorance you're you're you are actually being deceived and you are going to continue to beat beat your head against the wall because at the end of the day they are not ignorant of these things they are delusional Mm -hmm. and now being a street cop right you know i'm about Mm -hmm. marine corps you know law enforcement fire Mm -hmm. ems Mm -hmm. street medic for a while firefighter tech rescue all that stuff right like when you're dealing with people on the street you deal with somebody who is in ignorance completely different than somebody who's delusional Mm -hmm. somebody who is delusional literally has no functionality in the realm of reality and here's what's important for people to know and understand is not only are these people under delusions it's the fact that god has given them over to it Mm -hmm. here's one of the biggest mistakes that i see going on right now in real time is that a lot of these people keep going 
ooh, it's the enemy. It's the enemy. They're deceived. It's the enemy. It's the, you know, and they keep giving all of this credence to the powers of darkness. They go, dude, pump the brakes. See, you're, yeah. you're not given the glory and the honor and the mm-hmm. power and the fear mm-hmm. where it's due. It's due mm-hmm. on the Lord Most High. He is the one who has given them over to strong delusions because they love not the truth. It's not that they don't know the truth. Mm-hmm. My brother, you know that, mm-hmm. is that they don't love it. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's 2 Thessalonians 2, Romans 1. Knowing God, they neither glorified mm-hmm. him nor gave him thanks, but became darkened in their minds. And, and so it says that, you know, they're given over to these things. So God gives them over to these strong delusions that they do what they ought not do. Mm-hmm. They take pleasure in unrighteousness. And so yeah. when we start making this this distinction, which is not out of self-righteousness or haughtiness or any of these other attributes, but when we start making these distinctions out from a biblical worldview and a biblical standpoint, then we can actually begin rightly making divisions, ladies and gents. <gasps> oh, that's like a, that's a naughty word, right? In a Christian lexicon, like we don't say the word division. Like, no, we don't be divisive and no blah blah. I'm like, <laughs> boy, you better start rightly dividing because the Lord rightly divides. Sheep from goats, wheat from tares, darkness from light, uh, sons of disobedience from heirs of a promise, the dead from the alive, right? And on and on and on it goes. The Lord makes tons of distinctions. In mm-hmm. fact, Malachi 3, 16 through 4, 3 assures you that in that day, speaking of what I believe is the burgeoning, right, of, of, of the end of the age, right, this last church generation, this last dispensation. It says in, in that day, God himself will make a distinction between those who serve in him and between those who do not. Mm. He is the one who distinguishes, and he distinguishes by his spirit and by his very literal presence, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, see, you get me ranting, brother. This wow. is what happens. I'm going to have to have you on for a special rant fest, man. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, don't, see, that's, don't poke my buttons. I'll just start going. Well, see, that's one of, one of my pet peeves. You just you just nailed it, and that that is— What's typically used against Christians is don't judge. You're not supposed to judge. I mean, that's in your book. Okay, don't judge. But you know what? See, the devil knows the scripture too. Okay. And so they want to use that one little part. But, you know, there's another part to that verse, I believe. It says, judge not lest you be judged. But when you judge, judge righteously. And then in another place, Paul was upset saying, is there anybody here that can judge? Yeah, you know, and said, "Well, yeah, and we'll it, find the lowest it, guy, have him judge." Is there any judges around here? He was mocking them because they didn't want to judge. And if we don't want to judge and judge righteously, we're talking about, then why are people even in jail? It's insane, right? I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're told that that we have a spirit, and a spiritually minded man makes judgments about all things, right? It says we speak in spiritual words with spiritual truths. The man with the spirit can discern. The man without him can't. It's ignorance to him. So, so actually, in Righteousness, not out of not out of self righteousness, not out of vainglory, self exaltation, exaltation, pride, haughtiness, all these things which the Lord detests. It's all about the posture, but it's about making right judgments. You know, making right judgments in the fear of the Lord, so that you're wise in the judgments that you're making, mm-hmm. and you're also at adequately self evaluating as well too and not just self because you can't even trust yourself in that right like paul says like i don't need dude i don't even judge myself <laughs> like i you think i'm gonna let you i don't even judge myself because my heart's deceitfully wicked mm-hmm. but i'm gonna judge through the scriptures through the lord through the holy spirit rightly to make judgments in my generation you know it's like ephesians 5 is like listen listen gents that's how I, i'm assuming it's saying it's like like 
you were once in darkness. Now you're in light, bro. You better start acting like it. Here's what it looks mm. like to walk in the light, right? Mm. Like be wise, not unwise, discerning the time, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. That takes making judgments every day, right? And mm -hmm. so that's this whole thing about, about like – literally not being yoked to the Canaanitic, Babylonian, Sumerian, Phoenician, you name it, Egyptological systems of the world and actually being rooted and operating out from a monarchist mindset that I belong to a king and a kingdom and I'm an ambassador of that king and that kingdom. I'm here on mission as an elect exiled dispersion, 1 Peter 1, to carry forward and to exemplify the ethos, the commands, the decrees, the laws, the codes of conduct the culture of the king and kingdom that I serve and that culture is good and it is righteous and it is loving but it is also full of justice there is also righteous judgment in this kingdom there is very distinct distinct parameters for operating as a citizen of this kingdom and if we were rightly holding out the truth in love we ought to see people immigrating, begging to have their passport transferred from this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light to be a part of this of this glorious kingdom that we're actually representative of. But unfortunately, you know, in this last church dispensation, this last church age, for those that, you know, whatever, dispensation, people get hung up on that word too. They get all drama about it. But uh, I'm just saying this time frame, this eon, right, uh, is that – we have a church age wherein the way of truth is coming to disrepute, and men will not tolerate sound doctrine. They are lovers of self. This is talking the church. They're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They're always learning but never able to come to an understanding of the truth. And so it's like you're like, come on. We got we to gotta rise to the, our identity, which is rooted in Christ alone, actually – Fear the Lord enough to hate wickedness because the fear of the Lord is to hate wickedness. To fear the Lord to, to therefore be wise and be able to make right judgments. To fear the Lord and therefore have the depths of the mystery of the covenant revealed to us because that's an outbearing of the fear of the Lord. To fear the Lord and therefore have a refuge and never be shaken and have no fear of bad news. Those who This is all Psalm 112, right? Those who fear the Lord have no fear of bad news. They are not shaken. They, they have no fear. Their hearts are steadfast, trust in the Lord. If we had... The warrior redeemed the Lord who actually knew their identity in Christ like they were so undone by the bad news, right? Like Genesis 1, 2, 3, 18, 12, on and on and on. Like so undone by the bad news that when they hear the good news of who they are in Christ Jesus, the fullness of the forgiveness of sins and the dawning of the literal armor of God and the equipping to go forth and advance the kingdom of God in a hostile territory, dude, we'd be like <laughs> – Bring it on, homie. Like, what's <clears throat> up? Well, let's get this. Like, like we got – and, and again, this isn't self-righteousness. Don't confuse confidence with arrogancy. Mm. Confidence and arrogancy is not the same thing. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom or the rich man boast in his riches or the strong man boast in his strength. But let the one who boasts – Boast in this, that he has understanding to know me. As and as Paul says as well, this is my boast, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Right? Like, like we ought to be a boastful people, which is confident in the knowing of my God. Notice Revelation 12, 11, man. That's who those dudes are. Men and women dudes is I use that as a as a that's that's plural. That's everybody. What's up, dudes? Right? Like <laughs> You're right. the dudes who overcome are those who know their God. They know 
the fullness of their right standing before a holy God because of the sufficiency of Christ. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. They don't love their life so much as they're afraid to lose it because they're confident even in death, knowing that Christ has bought and paid for their life. It's hidden in him. And they, and therefore, because of that, ladies and gents, they're actually equipped to go forth and do exploits because Christ in them is the one who's going before them. So, wow. sorry. See, Ooh. this is what happens, man. Woo, got the Holy Ghost going on here. Uh, Jamie, referring just a little bit earlier to this thing that we talked about, the four-star general. Now, you, you were in the Marine Corps. Yeah. So let's just say you're back in the Marine Corps, and you've got a special mission that some people, I mean, their expectation is some, some men may not be coming back. Let's just say it's that type of mission. But you signed up for it, and you're going to go in, leave no man behind, unlike the current commander did. Uh, and chief did, but you got to go and and you've got that thing that we showed earlier as your leader. Would you have trepidation about that mission if that person was in charge of your of this particular mission? Oh, it'd be like no freaking way, like unsat, right? So, listen, and and you touched on this earlier um, that all of this is by design, right? This is the, this is the psyop, the psychological warfare, the softening technique before things get kinetic from our sellouts in chief, right? Our Benedict Arnold's in all the high positions in the land, including and among many of our general staff and our joint chiefs of staff, this it's going down in real time, ladies and gents. And listen, let me tell you a very particular prophetic fulfillment, Nahum 3. It says in that day, talking about when the, when God and, and the nation under judgment, right? Israel, type and shadow, a lot of things, right? Don't everybody get their panties in a bunch about saying, well, that doesn't relate to us, right? Listen to the character of God. When he brings judgment on a nation, he's bringing judgment on a nation through other nations, nations whose language you knew, you know not, whose own strength is their God, right? They're going to live in the houses that you built. They're going to eat from the vineyards that you planted, yeah. right? They're going to take for you wives among you from themselves. Uh, have you heard about Chinese battle plans for the infiltration the United States? These are all the things that they have been promised by our very own infiltrators in chief from our State Department to literally bring these guys on. But it goes on to say this in Ahem 3. It says in that day, talking about the day of battle, mm -hmm. when foreign enemy is kinetically coming against you, all your fighting men will be like women. Ooh, like wow. literally, it is li a. There's like a little. It's not. I. I mean, we can see how this is may not even be allegorical, right? That there mm -hmm. actually could possibly potentially be. We need to give the space that that is actually a literal interpretation that your fighting men are going to be so effeminate, so feminized. I had one of my my young students. I, I worked at a therapeutic boarding home uh, for youth. He joined the Navy about three months ago, got out after six weeks when they offered him a medical discharge because of some asthma thing they they found or whatever. He said in a matter of the first six weeks of boot camp, he saw over three sets of dudes going at it. Freaking reprobate. Wow. Effeminate reprobate. He called it the gavy and everything else. He's like, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe it. He goes, everything you ever told me about what was coming down in our nation, I saw in real time. He said, they offered me a medical discharge. I took it in a heartbeat. He said, we are going to be destroyed in the next war, and it's by design. Mm -hmm. This is a 21-year-old mm -hmm. kid, man. He has no context for understanding that. Mm -hmm. And so – 
this is the reality of why they're even projecting this this weakness mm -hmm. to all of our foreign enemies. And it, what, what, here's what I don't understand is why they need to like do these little projections to our foreign enemies when they're mm -hmm. already like, dude, come on in. Yeah. Like, listen. The 350,000 Chinese troops are already here. Hamas, Hezbollah already here, right? The cartels work, which are actually a proxy of China. They're already here, right? The 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 heavy weapons, the cruiser weapons, they're already here, ladies and gents. Armored armored uh, divisions up in uh, up to our northern neighbors, right through Chidu. They're already here. So I'm like, I don't even understand why they keep playing this game mm. to try to make us look weak when they've already opened the gates for us anyway. Well, right? Maybe maybe those guys. Uh uh, in, in the Navy, maybe they're all trying to be rear, rear admirals. <laughs> that's that, that's a very adequate point. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No uh, kidding. Uh, so, mean, yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's, and then, and then it's I, reprobate, man. It's, it's, and it's let just, me ask you something about that. On this uh, Afghani withdrawal situation, somebody said that they were they were told more, they should be more concerned with the LGBT getting that flag from the embassy than they were leaving Americans behind. Is there any truth to that? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that as well. And obviously I can't say that I've spoke to any primary primary sources that or boots on the ground on mm -hmm. that, you know, but I didn't know of uh secondary. So only one guy removed from private contractor uh, buddies on the ground over there about the reality of what was happening. And it is as bad as what people were saying. And listen, again, it's all by design. Mm -hmm. It's, it's to actually demoralize our own U.S. troops so those that do have a fighting spirit that aren't given over to the libtard, wokester, you know, propaganda of the world that actually – because, mm -hmm. they're you know, regardless of what the mainstream media tells you, 97 percent of Americans actually are conservative. They actually want America to mm -hmm. be – healthy they want strong nuclear families they hate the perversions of critical race theory and lgbt and blah blah, blah. they hate 97 percent, ladies and gents why the heck are we losing dude that's my my mm -hmm. question is why mm -hmm. in the world are we losing it's because of the cowardice and the love of self see we this and this is why actually as much as it looks like they're trying to erode the middle class they actually undergird the middle class because the middle class will never fight back the middle class will never push back because they have too much to lose. Mm -hmm. See, they've learned by watching the communist takeovers and infiltrations of other nations that if you if you obliterate the middle class outright, what you end up getting is you force everybody in these lower classes and eventually the proletariat, right, the plebes of the world, they will rise up and push back against you. But if you give them bread and circuses, they have it just good enough, not quite bad enough to where they will never, ever sacrifice anything to stand up or speak out because they'll mm. lose it all. Mm. And that's exactly what we have in our nation. Mm. It doesn't make any sense how they're able to advance their agenda. No sense whatsoever. No. You know, I mean, dude, I was in I was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Not only was I in, in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, I was on the top steps of the Capitol building. Not only was I on the top steps of the Capitol building before anything got breached and any all the, you know, the, the lying, uh, you know, liars in chief started manipulating the data. I was actually standing online with the Capitol Police uh, fighting against the Antifa Antifa thugs who were trying to uh, create the right optics to get the Capitol Police to fire on the troops. But I say all this to say that I saw over 1 million, 1.2 million people there that were there singing songs and hymns that were praying together, that were 
that were loudly singing national hymns and anthems and these patriotic songs. There was not one weapon found in the crowd. It was nothing but flags glorifying uh, the historical nature of the United States of America and even its Judeo-Christian roots. And I'm going, why the freak are we losing? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Well, if you look at – It doesn't at, if make you, any if, sense other than the cowardice, mm-hmm. the cowardice of the churches, AOF. That's to me is the primary reason is the cowardice of the churches and because the love of pleasure rather than the love of God and the, mm. the unwillingness of people, if that's even a word, to be willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. anything for a greater good. Well, I think t- 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 a lot of today's churches are, are in a running battle with each other to see who has the biggest jumbotron, the most rock music and the biggest smoke machine. So they don't really got time for righteousness and teaching that. But let me ask you something about that, because I mentioned uh, last I saw, I saw you was at the Gen 6 conference in Branson. Another person I saw at, at Branson was Owen Schroyer from InfoWars, yeah. who was also at January 6th, who was arrested and let go. Jamie, are they going to come after you? They already did, brother. They came, FBI came into my house within five days. And I'm going, dude, are you – I mean, I was – I was pissed off. I was I was pissed. These guys show I go out of all the people, one point two million, you're telling me that you for one thing it should let you understand the depth of their AI algorithms. I'm like out of one you're at my door within five days? Are you kidding me? Out of all the why like I didn't enter that Capitol building. I never threw a punch. I never even said a cuss word because I don't cuss, right? Like, like all this stuff, like we literally were there <clears throat> praying and proclaiming righteousness. Like I <clears throat> preached this sermonette from that top step at all these lawless, demonically infused Antifa hirelings that got off a bus and mobilized against the Capitol Police. And then you see the Capitol Police look at their watches, listen to their earpieces, and then stand down and let them through. Dude, the whole thing was optics, right? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they showed up at my house too, and they're trying to build a case. And I had to lawyer up. I had to get a lawyer from D.C. that works with senators and congressmen directly out there, boots on the ground, just to get them to back off. But it shows you how close we are when you look at the U.S. National Holocaust Museum, I suggest everybody else, everybody go to their website, U.S. National Holocaust Museum. You look at their website, they have the indicators of impending genocide. So they look at these key points. There's about five of them of when they can discern genocide is the next step. They use it as a matrix, kind of as an NGO, right, non-governmental uh, group to to discern geopolitical moves right cultural social economic moves when they know a people group is about ready to be wholesale massacred in genocide we're not just talking about civil war upheaval civil unrest but genocidal takeover in the last nine months we have checked every single box of an impending genocide against people group Mm. every single box and it began with that January 6th. Mm. It's very strategic, and th- this is why it's so critical that people know and understand what comes next. You have already been forced into the into the ghettos. The, this is 1939, ladies and gents. This is 1939 Germany. This is 1939 Poland. You've already been forced into the ghettos. It's been done digitally, and the boxcars are pulled up in front of your house. Wow. So it's time to get real serious real quick about what it looks like to continue to advance – the gospel primary in a hostile territory and to continue to to be able to live vibrantly and radiantly and steadfast 
and on mission and unwavering with hypervigilance, eyes fixed, right, on, on the prize that, that we strive towards heavenward in Christ Jesus, right, in this generation. Because it's going down in real time. There's no way around it. It just is. Just to be clear, is it that they're, were they going after people who went inside the building or everyone who's around the building as well? Well, here, here's what became very clear because it wasn't just me. They showed up at a lot of people's houses that I know. And here was the common denominator. So I don't know. Maybe this is speculation. Okay. Hey, everybody, this is informed speculation. Spe I'm speculating. But given the backgrounds of all the guys that called me and said, hey, they showed up at my house. Hey, they showed up at my house. Hey, they showed up at my house. They were all Christians. All I mean, like not Christians in name only, like Christians, like some kind of platform, some kind of whatever, even pastors of churches. <clears throat> they were all prior military, not prior military. They were all prior infantry. And they all had some form of a public voice what, to whatever. I, I don't. It's like, I, who am I? I'm a nobody. But something right that some some voice that was the common denominator of all of them. So to me, you know, you hear Steve's been talking about it for years. He's been on point. Steve Quayle, you know, the red list, green list, blue list, and all these lists and the AI algorithms. And here, here's what I say. When they say we're making lists, you better take them at their word, Ocasio-Cortez. When when the Clinton, whatever, I can't even say her first name, uh, you know, when, when she says, hey, we're going to have to put them in fun camps or re-education re mm. camps, mm. you better take them at their word. They're not – this isn't tongue in cheek for them. This yeah. is a serious game, mm. and it's a game that that is 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 uh, played through their dark economy with the blood of innocent life. That's how serious they take this game wow. all day long, every day. That's what they do. Okay, let me welcome to our live chat. In addition to what I've already named, the Southern Boy, Joey Splats, Joe Law, uh, Peter Birdsall, Anita A, and the Weird po Christian Podcast. All welcome to the program. If you have a question, just put it in the live chat. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, the chat's on the right lower part. If you're watching the show from our website, it's on the left side. And both those chats are joined together. So, that being in mind, Jimmy, here's some questions coming in for you from Put Yahweh First out of the live chat. It says, Jamie, what is going to be the last straw in for the world in God's eyes? <clears throat> uh, well, here's how I would answer that. I would say that the last straw was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> because when we look at even Romans 1, right, these indicators – being given over to a strong delusion, that is the last straw. So that means you've already crossed the Rubicon. There's no turning back. When we look throughout much of the Old Testament scriptures, when God judged in Israel, remember his people, right? They're his people, the people of a covenant, people of a promise, where his very spirit, spirit dwelled and all these things. When he says, I have determined to do this thing and will not relent. When he says, I am filled with wrath and I cannot hold it in. When he says, I am going to do this thing, I will not turn back. When And then you fast forward. Now we're fasting forward. New Testament, right? And he says, like, there's this ABDC. And then they're given over to strong delusions. The fact that we are already under delusions, hence a dude, chick dude thing, <laughs> like whatever they are all over the place, right? That's the late sign that it's a done deal. Mm -hmm. So I would say, say, and I hear, I think that this can oftentimes be, you know, a, a normalcy bias that's hard for us to break is we keep waiting for the big show, the aha, right? The big, the big apophis meteor strike wormwood thing to go now 
we're now God's doing business with us. But the reality is, is God's already doing business with us. And here's what I speak to all the time is we cannot be among those who have the Neo-Babylonian blindness, right? Like Belshazzar is literally drinking from the golden vessels of God as the Assyrians are stinking invading them that night. Because here's a perspective I look from a military tacticianer. Do you know how much logistics it would have taken for Assyria to march across the open desert? I, I mean, I've done some some studies, and obviously there's all all these debates, but they're saying two years of planning, over 18 months of over the land logistics. Several million men and the logistics trains to support the several million men. You're talking about the spies, the preparation, the planning, the infiltration, the war gaming, the mobilization, the activation, right? The, the literally crossing the line of departure for the Assyrians and coming in. And you're telling me nobody, the hubris of the Babylonians, nobody understood that that was going to happen to them. That is what is going on right now in real time with the Chinese invasion of the U.S. mainland. It's been seen by great men and women of God for years and for the last 40 years. People have been speaking to it. We have the tangible reports coming out about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And still the the church, it's the church, I'm telling you, it's, it's all about the church. The church is drinking from the golden vessels of God saying, we will never be widows. We will never see harm. Guess what the last thing Israel was saying before God went silent for 400 years and left into judgment in the book of Malachi. They were saying, we will never be widows. We will never see harm. Where is this God of justice? It's the exact same thing. So yeah. I go, dude, in answer to his question, I go, it's already it's it's in real time. It's going on in real time. You know, you look at Ezekiel 38, 39, it says, and at that time, they will also say, let us go against the land of unwalled villages, right? And blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, it is going down in real time. And, you know, I know everybody has has their different uh, um, paradigms through which they've studied mystery Babylon. And, you know, right. people are like, dude, it's absolutely the Catholic Roman Church or it's absolutely this or it's absolutely revived Babylonian Empire out from the seat of Iraq. Dude, I go, man, like I've studied out through each vein and and I cannot shake that mystery of Babylon is the United States of America. When you understand the occultic roots, the occultic origins, the mystery schools, the mystery religions, when you understand the rise of the New Atlantean Age and all the symbolism and the layout and the blah, 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 blah and the Apollo rising ceremonies at the inauguration, when you understand that, not to mention our pharmacy and our blah, 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 and our child sacrifice. And we're the number one human traffickers. We're the number one child sex traffickers. We're the number one child ritualistic sacrificers. We're the number one. We consume 98% of all the world's opioids. We consume 93% of all the world's pharmaceuticals, pharmacia, or her sorceries. And then we promote that. You talked about the rainbow flag over the, uh, over the embassy mm -hmm. in Kabul. Mm -hmm. Did you know in order to receive aid, this happened under the Obama administration, in order to receive aid, which 200 and some countries receive aid from the U.S., you had to, under Obama, implement abortion and LGBT policy if you wanted to continue to, to receive aid from the U.S. That is called making the whole world drunk with your immoralities, mm, right? Wow. And, mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I go, let's mm -hmm. look at Mystery Babylon. How does God deal with it? 
Single day, single hour, in an instant, suddenly, in an instant, everything looks like business as usual. The smoke is rising from all of our cities. What has Henry Groover seen? What has Dimitri Duneman seen? What has you know, all these different guys have seen? The exact same thing of, and it's suddenly, in an instant, America is done because it's what we're owed. Mm-hmm. And I believe that potentially i you just got to make room to let the lord do it he's god we're not right so like mm-hmm. we we do our best to try to seek his face right and stay rooted major in the majors which is the gospel the forgiveness of sins of jesus christ minor in the minors which is all the speculation of what could be with all this eschatology but at the end of the day it looks like informed speculation that that obliteration of this mystery babylon of america who's made the whole world junk with their immoralities like could be what triggers all the other things that go on globally. Mm-hmm. Okay. On a brighter note, Jamie, uh, let's get to, <laughs> let's get to this question here. <laughs> Ra- Raul Sanchez says, uh, Jamie, should Christians be out in the streets shouting at people about their sins and repenting? Sounds like he, nope. like, sounds like he wants to actually probably add to that. Uh, should they hit people in the head with a Bible? I think that's no, what he's trying to get uh-huh. at. No, I, I, I don't see that context in the scriptures. I don't see that represented by the apostles and by the first century church, and I definitely don't see that represented by Christ. You know, I, I've told people before, I've never seen anybody saved by a Facebook meme. <laughs> I've never seen anybody be undone by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ by a meme or by a straight preacher with a blowhorn telling people they need to repent. It's, it's love and truth that it's it's the truth that sets men free but it's truth and love truth without the love is religion and love without the truth is new age right Hmm, but it's truth and love coming forward in fullness which is what christ offered he was he was the he was the true and better definition of meekness and what meekness is is a war horse bridled christ jesus the true and better warrior messiah ben david the coming conquering king the lion of the tribe of judah the captain of your salvation right all this martial language he was a war horse who could have beat people over the head he could have called down legions of angels to deliver him off the cross he could have trampled all of his enemies under feet but in in true meekness he entrusted the reins to his father and said, not my will, but your will be done. And, and in that, those acts of kindness actually led men to repentance. So mm-hmm. the street preacher thing, man, you want to go out and, spree- and treat and treat preach street preach. And you're just sharing the truth and love. Like, listen, here's where we're at ladies mm-hmm. and gents. And here's the truth of things. And, and there is a heaven, and there is a hell and there is a wrath of God, but there's forgiveness through the sins of Jesus Christ. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody who that night needed to hear that, but more often than not, where the transformative power of Jesus Christ is made known is when we're sensitive to the power of the spirit. I've never seen anybody be transformed by the power of the argument. They're transformed by the power of the spirit of God working through us as, as fit vessels, right? Paul calls himself a servant or a slave of Christ, which translates to a useful tool in the hand of a workman. Like, I, I've been called a tool a lot in my life, but I want to be the true and better tool. <laughs> right, 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 I want right. to be a tool of the Lord God most high, right? Mm-hmm. Be sensitive to his spirit. He says, speak, you speak. He says, quiet, quiet. He says, engage, engage. He says, that person, that person. He says, flee, you better flee. And that's why it's, it can't be just fire hosing the masses, seeing what sticks to a wall. Mm-hmm. It's got to be done out from the move of the spirit with truth in love 
to as freedom fighters for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Amen. Hey, uh, we've got a, a uh, show-associated poll going on the website there, and the uh, question is, uh, what type of person are you? And the choices for people are uh, warrior class, go along, get along, self-sufficient, timid and recluse, constantly worried, or extrovert type A. Right now, uh, Jamie Walden, warrior class, 38% of the respondents say they are warrior class. Uh, 23% are they say they just go along to get along. I'll sound like they don't want to call you any trouble. And then 23% say self-sufficient. 15% says timid and recluse. Hopefully we'll get the, the warrior class numbers up from 38.46 by the end of the show. All right, so let's go over here to another question. This is from Max Vogan. It says, should we be crying to high heaven in the streets about the lawlessness? Absolutely, you should be. In fact, in fact, it's a very, very particular uh, I don't know how to word it. So I'll just, all I know is the scriptures. So I'll just use the scriptures, right? Um, you have Ezekiel nine talking about those, you know, God sends out the warring angel. He's loses four angels to go out slaughtering ladies and gents. And where does he tell them to start? In the inner courts of his temple first. He start judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Like he's not going to be mocked. The only reason why lawlessness is abounding, everybody get this. The reason why lawlessness is abounding is not because men's hearts are any more wicked and twisted or your own heart is wicked and twisted than ever before, right? Your own heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. It's because the church is apostate. The church is lawless. It has no rule of law, which is the command and the creeds and the word of the Lord. They have thrown off the yoke of the Lord, even though it was easy and light. They said, we will not have this King Jesus rule over us. The church is crying out for Barabbas. They do not want King Jesus. The only reason why lawlessness is abounding is because of the great apostasia. The great apostasia is the great effect, the uh, defection, official of defection or revolt from a religious dogma that you once held to be true. So because the church is lawless, it is making way for the man of lawlessness. Mm. So let's let's get that right. Mm. So Ezekiel 9 says, you begin in the house of the Lord, you start going out slaughtering, but then he goes, oh wait, I saw another angel with a satchel. Go put a mark and seal. A mark. The, a true and better mark. Not the mark of the beast, the mark of the king. And he says, put the marks on the heads who those those who you find weeping for the sins of the city. They are not to be harmed by the judgment. Okay, let's fast forward. I think it's First Peter 2, I think. It says, and if God knew how to rescue Lot, a righteous man who was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard in the city day and night, then he too knows how to rescue you from the coming wrath. So that that crying out to high heaven with a pure heart, like, God, like, stop. This is freaking sick, dude. That girl <laughs> in the bathroom who was sought, I mean, Lord God, come Lord Jesus, Maranatha, the Lord God, pray, like, pray the imprecatory prayers, ladies and gents. Listen, you ought to be undone by this stuff. That actually testifies to the fear of the Lord. It testifies that you know your king, you know, you know the righteousness that he's going to exact, that you actually love authentically because you hate, hate, hate the wickedness. Mm. Authentic love hates. Listen to this. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is apathy, ladies and gents. Hate is one of the highest forms of authentic love. Look at how much God hates, and God is love, period. He is it. So to cry out to God, 
to be in lament and travail to I mean think about to be tormented in your righteous soul are you tormented are you indifferent what was that poll dude how many indifferent like self-reliant dude I don't want to be self-reliant I want to be him reliant like indifferent, self-reliant, like this is insane. No, God, we have to have you. God, we need you. Lord, you got to show up and do Lord, you have to judge. Arise, O oh God, and you scatter your enemies. No king is saved by the sides of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all of its strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and to keep them alive even in famine. Like this should be our heart's cry, right? See, I took – man, I get all menopausal. I get all hot and bothered when you talk about the Lord. So, Good question. Uh, so you mentioned something in, in your – it's not a rant. Well, maybe it is. Uh, imprecatory prayer. I heard Steve Quell use that. What, what is the definition of that? Yeah, the imprecatory prayers are the prayers that you see listed throughout the Psalms, Psalms of David, Asaph, and some other, some of the other psalmists, where they're, where they're actually interceding before God against wickedness in a way that the church will go, we don't say that. I mean, they're like, they're like, <clears throat> Lord, break their stinking teeth in their mouth. Break their arms, oh God, crush them, destroy them, right? Scatter enemies. Like you're actually praying against the powers of darkness. You know, I have been rebuked by near brothers saying, oh, you shouldn't. You need to pray for them. You need, you need to be praying for them. I go, no way, dude. There's a difference. There is a distinction between, between a sinner and an evildoer. Everybody make that distinct. We need to make that distinct. Remember distinctions, right? Right divisions, divisions according to the word, divisions with the double-edged sword, the sword of the word that divides, it rightly divides. We need to make right divisions even between those who are sinners, who are given over to sin. They're feeding their flesh versus evildoers and wicked. Listen, you're all sinners. I'm a sinner, man, saved by the grace of God, right? But to be an evildoer is a whole new level. I am not praying for the salvation of the Clintons. I'm praying for the Lord God Almighty to, to lift up their skirts, expose their lewdness, pelt them with filth, and give them their just punishment for the for their wickedness, not their sinful deeds, their actual wickedness. They know what they're doing, and it is war against the Most High God. They hate him, and they say, we will not have this man rule over us. Psalm 2, right? So, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Get to this. Uh, and people may, take, people may take offense with that, you know? know. And and I remember I preached a sermon once on, on um, uh, uh, righteous hatred. And I had people, I had a dude in my congregation, right? I had a church say, you're a false teacher and I can't sit under you anymore. God does not hate anything. I go, oh, brother, like, listen, like, I get that that can prick your flesh if that, but, but let's just deal with it with God's character, the totality of his character, only according to the revealed word of God. God hates all kinds of things, all kinds of things. And when you are a son of disobedience, the wrath of God remains on you. It says that. But this is why the good news is such good news, because now in Christ Jesus, you are an heir, a co-heir, and he calls you a child of God. Like, the, you can't get the good news unless you understand the bad news. That's why it's called good news, because there's 
Really, 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 really bad news. And what's the news? What is news? I mean, it's been perverted in our generation, but news is literally an accounting of what just is. It just is. This is the news. It's not the good advice or the bad advice. It's the news. And there's really bad news, Genesis, right, all the way through to Malachi. And then there's really good news in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Uh, earlier, you, uh, you kind of just kind of slipped it out where you're saying uh, – like you addressed God and you, and, and you said like uh, something like, Hey dude, I mean, uh, <laughs> is it okay to, is it okay to say, Hey dude, to, to the Lord? Yeah. No way. Now oh, I wouldn't ever call the Lord dude. No okay. Way. Okay. I, I must be no sure. Way. Okay. All right. So, nope. we, all right, let's get to another question for you. Um, by Viveka Amato says, Jamie, is there really a Q group? Remember the days of Q some people said Trump was Q. This guy's Q. Everybody Q. You Q. I Q. Everybody Q. I Q. Uh, is there Q? Q? No. Q is actually a, um, and this this can ruffle a lot of feathers, but you just got to deal with the data. Q is beyond just a disinformation campaign. A lot of it's done through different AI uh, algorithms, right? The, these deep fakes and stuff like that, that even our online personalities but Q is actually a major, major counterfeit movement, which is sowing the seeds actually to bring in a new eon, an age of enlightenment, the age of Aquarius, through the tearing down of what is the old world order, which is these oligarchs, these sycophants, these child sacrificing pedophilia mm -hmm. fake shows oh. that has been strategically built up by the powers of darkness for demolition by a counterfeit light. QAnon and the and the neurolinguistic occultic phrases that are used all throughout all those threads are actually sowing the seeds for this major counterfeit utopic millennial reign where the quote unquote old order is gone and this new age of tearing down all the wickedness, but it's a remember with preaching peace and security he deceives many the deception doesn't come through listen you aren't going to be deceived by the bidens by the clintons by the freak shows by the fauci's by the epstein islanders and and the hollywood that's not who's going to deceive you ladies and gents the deception will come through those who tear down that order and come and offer you this whole new age of counterfeit millennial reign without the justice and judgment and return of christ jesus and that's what QAnon is setting up so many weak-willed people for. And if you really dig deep into it, which maybe you shouldn't, right? That's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. But if you really dig deep into it and you understand all the neurolinguistic phrases of the mystery schools, it is actually – they're working in tandem. QAnon is working in tandem with what you understand as the deep state. They're all – steering you perfectly towards the same end thing. And that's one of the reasons why I think Joe Biden's been brought into power. And all these revelations and even Trump exposing all these things because it is time for the demolition of that old world to bring in a counterfeit age of enlightenment, age mm. of Aquarius. So, mm. where, the, uh, where the Bible says, uh, talk about the world being deceived, and it says, except for the, those days be shortened, even a very elect state will be deceived. What does that mean? Yeah, well, I, I think we're we're even seeing it. We're we're seeing the roots of it, and I, 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 of 
every little new pressure is exposing the claimants of Christianity for what they really, whether it's critical race theory, right? BLM movement, blah, blah, mass mandates, vaccination, blah, John Piper's crazy art. I mean, like these great teachers of our day that are bringing the way of truth into disrepute. You're starting to see with every new little pressure, exactly who's who, like it says in Acts, they went out from us, but they were not among us because if they'd been from among us, they would have remained with us. Right. Mm -hmm. Jesus first thing, Right. When he says to you, I'm assuming he talks like this. Hey, gents, listen. Right. Rabbi, what will be the signs of the time or the end of the age and the assignment of your coming? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, listen, see to it that you're not going to be deceived. Many will be deceived. Many will fall away. Many will abandon the faith. Many, 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 many. We're seeing that go down in real time. Mm. And and all these little sowings of the secret doctrines of demons bringing the way of truth into this repute. Mm -hmm. People always learning but never able to come to an understanding truth because who's the truth? The truth is the person of Jesus Christ. That's the truth. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light, right? Like he is the truth. It's it's all about all these systems and all these mechanisms and all this ecumenism mixed with uh, critical race theory, which is communism mixed with the gospel coalition, the Southern Baptist convention. And then you have Bethel and Hillsong ilk over here, the NAR new apostolic reformation. That's literally bringing in new age tenants and then gospel coalitions bringing new age tenants. And then they're bringing in, I mean, it's going down in real time. The elect or what we know now is the claims of Christianity are being deceived and it's causing those who, who have, authentically been born again by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit marked and sealed where they're being they're being pulled to and fro and they're having to make decisions quickly and in real time whether or not they're all in for the kingdom they're counting the cost whether or not they're all in for Christ or whether or not they're gonna they're gonna lean this way and be a lover of the world and the things of the world and thereby ultimately rejected by God because it says then the love of the Father is not in you right Ooh. Right, right. Okay, we got this question, Southern Boy. Why did Jesus have a couple of disciples to sell their cloaks and buy a couple of swords? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, because uh, from the things that I've studied, and who am I, right? Like I'm a pea brain. But from the things that I've studied is because it goes back to God's natural law, and this goes back to right government, right? This is what First Peter one, two, and three years speaking of, and the perversions of Roman 13 are speaking of, and all these things about government, about government, these governmental constructs of knowing and understanding government, which God's all about government. Everybody get that right? Like you can't be anti-government. God's all about government. That's what the 12 stones of the Ephod are for. 12 represents perfect government, the new are the new kingdom, the new Jerusalem, and all the stones, and the 12 this, and the 12 that, and the 12, and the 12 tribes. That's God's righteous, perfect government, right? So God's all about right government, and in God's right government, and God's natural law, is his love of the defense of life, because he loves life. God is not about murder, but God definitely authorizes the people are going to so take this out of con like they do for Coach Dave all the time, right? They're going to so... <laughs> God is he is so loving and wise and just that he allows righteous acts of corporal punishment to be exacted in the land of the living. That's mm. the most diplomatic wow. way I can say that so that the hirelings out there can't take my words and, and pervert them. <laughs> the hirelings. Okay. So, so, yeah, the whole concept of selling everything and having 
two swords, by that way, that word sword translated from the Greek is a very particular sword. It's a sword that at that time was outlawed, outlawed under Roman rule. It was actually the very word used for the Roman centurion sword, which nobody was allowed. This is called a weapons ban, right? Sound, sound familiar? Anybody caught in possession <laughs> of it outside of the Roman guard was to be put death post haste because it was a banned weapon. Hmm. That is the word that was used saying, go get one of those. Because it actually God's government superseded their government. God's government says you ought to defend life and the least of these and be a protector of all that has valuable or that is valuable, which is the life of another person. That's mm. why. Okay. Uh, Anita says, uh, have you heard of the heard the temple was in the city of David and not on the temple mount? Yeah, I ha I have heard that. Yeah, I've heard that there's some. Which gets into the whole construct of how could they ever build a third, you know, the third temple and all this, you know, the sharing of the Temple Mount, the constant divisions are on there. But new archaeological discoveries, which if there's people who don't know me, like I've gone on archaeological expeditions and stuff like that for network TV shows and stuff like that. So that's kind of some of the world that I that I delve into. But um, that recent archaeological uh um, expeditions and research have realized that the Temple may, Mount may have not been where they previously thought it was, that it was over in this area of Jerusalem, which means that they technically could, should the right uh, governmental things be put in place, go ahead and begin construction on the Third Temple, which the Temple Institute has already pre-constructed all the temple vestments and all the temple architecture and all the temple everything off-site so when they get the green light they could do it so literally you could see just like the, this is what i always say about there was a, i can't remember what it was there was something like 200 and some prophecies of of christ four thousand year old prophecies that were fulfilled in a matter of 24 hours wow so at the second coming of Christ Jesus, I expect to see a lot of the same thing. All these prophetic words about a second coming, they can happen like boom, 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 boom. Like they can march out so quick because they're all already in place waiting in the wings. Even the construction of the third temple could be done in a matter of three months and it would be a done deal. So. Okay. All right. Let's get to this question here from Rose. It says, have you heard of targeted individuals who are targeted by the U.S. government and Christian organizations target them? A lot of them don't even have a criminal record. So I guess then that goes to the earlier point you were making. But is the government targeting Christians organization directly? Yeah, I mean, there's there's. A lot of evidence to speak to that you know there's there's a lot of church you know primary secondary and tertiary evidence that points that that's exactly what's happening you know and there's too much speculation even about Ross Kiba and Russ Dizdar and stuff like that Steve Quayle and his recent uh, attacks and affronts against him are a completely different story those are were very deliberate and he's he's got a, a lot of uh, evidence to support um, his high index of suspicion about what was occurring with him physically. So absolutely, yes, uh, that is a thing. Now, there are a lot of people who I encounter to. You never want to be dismissive of it. You know, you want to be merciful and, and gracious and stuff. But there's a lot of people who um, are under the presumption that they're a targeted individual, but more than likely they're not. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I know back in kind of a earlier days of Internet um, – 
somebody, a, a talk show guy would have audio problems and, uh, you know, or YouTube kick them off or whatever, Skype go down, whatever. And then I'll say, look, they're out to get me. But it's simply that they had crappy equipment, crappy internet yeah. connection, but they were quick to say, there they are. See, I told you. And so, I mean, I joined the fun a little bit there, but I, was, I always said that in tongue in cheek, you know, they're, they're listening sure. in, you know, sometimes we get like a little click or pops it. Well, that's them logging on. But I can't say this, Jamie, one time, uh, the Skype did ring while I was doing the show. And then uh, I, I called it back and I got the NSA. No that, kidding. That happened that live, yeah, live on the air. Crazy. And I'm thinking, mm, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a little something weird going on out there. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but let me talk about you and Colorado. W what's going on out there? Yeah. So we, we just, I mean, yeah, I'm literally in a gutted, my gutted bedroom with drywall, skim coating all the drywall and stuff out here. So we just moved out here one month ago today, actually. And, um, by the Lord's leading, you know, he just moved on our family again and required us to do something that we're not quite sure what we're doing, but he's promised to lead the blind along ways they have not known along unfamiliar paths. He will guide them. And so he, he led us to this place in Colorado, um, where, you know, we're still allowing him to be our vision and the write our vision. We don't know. We just show it. We, we know if we show up, he'll show up, mm -hmm. but, uh, we've taken over a camp in Colorado outside Durango, Colorado, mm -hmm. Uh, that, you know, as of now, as we continue to pray and seek the Lord's face on it, we're not sure how he's going to be developing it. But as a, uh, from what I understand now is as a faith haven. And what's interesting is the Lord has led me all around the country, teaching and preaching and training, doing family emergency preparedness and stuff like that, and hosting other different events and, and summits and stuff like that. And, um, I, I don't know, again, I, I can't really for sure tell what the lord's doing yet i'm i'm just taking one step of faith at a time but that he's actually building networks of faith havens all across mm -hmm. the united states mm -hmm. and so at this point kind of been able to network with about 30 other people and set up sat phones and encrypted communications and properties where where the lord's people can be provided for when the time comes mm -hmm. and ultimately establishing the underground network for the church mm -hmm. i mean the church has to begin to prepare to operate underground now willingly rather than later on desperately and that doesn't mean underground out of cowardice or anything else like that that means mm -hmm. underground out of prudence a wise man foresees trouble coming and plans accordingly, but the fool goes on and suffers for it. I told you about these things ahead of time so that you will not be caught unaware, Christ says, because our mission mm -hmm. set has to continue unimpeded with honor, courage, and commitment till the day of our king's return, right? Mm -hmm. And we're no good to anybody if we're starving, if we're hungry, if we're running around unhinged, right? If we're filled with trepidation, mm -hmm. if the fear of our flesh is overcoming us and we're perplexed by the roaring of the seen waves, we are told that we're not of those who fear. In fact, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but a power love and a soundness mm -hmm. of mind. That's a mount, um, sophrano in the Greek. That's a word that has been delivered and salvaged and rescued from absurd or Ill illogical thoughts or emotions. So, uh, you know, we're out here in Colorado now uh, setting up a place where we can teach and train the body. We can invest in marriages, men as the high priest of their household, marriages, right, as that example of the gospel. Their uh, marriages was meant to be a representation of the gospel to the children, that the children might know the Lord and put their hope in him and learn to trust in him and fear the Lord, and that we as the body of Christ would advance with radiancy and, again, honor, courage, and commitment. Mm -hmm. So 
that's where it looks like we're going to be doing out here and then creating these networks all across the nation. Like I said, right now there's about 30 of them. In Colorado, what is that uh, northeast, southwest part of Colorado? We're literally in the four corners. Like I am actually can see Mesa Verde from my window, okay. uh, National Park. So we're right down in that. And people are like, oh, you know, that's such a demonically charged area. I'm like, you mean like the land of Canaan? Like, like, what do you, what do you mean? What, what does that matter? Like where the Lord says, go take that land, you go take that land, right? Like I've got wow. so many nasty grams about why would you move there? You know, you need to be moving to Missouri where all the Christians are. I'm like, or to the hostile territory where there's enemy prisoners of war that need to be set free and hmm. strongholds that need to be torn down. I don't know. I just go where the Lord tells wow. me to. So wow. yeah, we're down in the four corners, man. Well, besides that, I mean, Jesus said he didn't come to see the well, he came to see the sick. So, exactly. And I think yeah. there's a heck of a lot of sick people there in Colorado, particularly around yeah, the Denver no area. But um, so that, that that is good there. I was noticing on your on the, the bio I snatched from your website and put it in your bio on, on the Edges Broadcast website that it says that you were approached by a three letter agency, but God gave you a, an all caps message. Do not take it. How did you get that message? Yeah, you know, I've had the Lord speak. He speaks into my spirit in a still small voice 99% of the time. But there's been three or four times where it was like he knew I needed to know beyond a shadow of a doubt not to or to do certain things. And that was that was one time. And it's interesting now looking back. So that would have been 15 years ago. It's crazy. I'm like my knees are getting old. I can feel my old infantry knees. Right. But mm -hmm. that was 15 years ago. And now it's like knowing, seeing the trans, the transgressions and the transpiring of our nation. And especially within our, uh, federal law enforcement agencies and intelligence apparatus to see what they're doing now. It was like, talk about the Lord's mercy and wisdom. And that really was one of the catalyst of the Lord really, crushing me and reducing me and causing me to walk by faith and not by sight and to walk according to his will and no longer my own. Mm. And that, that was a major test because I had a lot of time and energy invested at reaching that point to get that phone call, you know, and, uh, and to receive it. And as I'm talking with the case manager, recruiter person on the line saying, like we're done. You're 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 in. We want to make this offer to you. Here's what we're you'll go next and what the process will look like. Mm -hmm. To as I'm hearing that, hear the Lord say, "Do not take that job." And it made no sense. I'm going. I'm going to honor you with it, Lord. I can glorify with the Lord there. I'm going to strike a blow against you know terrorists and do all like. I'm going to do good for you, Lord, right? Like, this is what I'm going to do for you, Lord, which is how most of us handle life. Right, right, He's right. like, I, what, why don't you ask me what I want you to do? Stop <laughs> telling me what you're going to do for me. Wow. Just still and quiet yourself and let me direct your steps. Hmm. So, yeah, I that's, need, how, that's need, how that went down. I need, I need to take a lesson from, lesson from that one. All right, here's another question. It says, uh, could, um, could American politics accept a totally righteous president? We certainly have seen like we've accepted a totally unrighteous. Yeah. Now Could I got I got I got to say though, in that frame set, there's a movie out there, Escape from uh, I think it was Escape from L.A. And the premise of that movie was a righteous president who's a uh, you know a Christian and a Bible believer, and he was throwing people. You know, you could die. You can get you can get killed if you know you're committing um, 
you know, uh, incest or whatever, so whatever, or you can go to an island. But he was in that movie. He was this Christian, but they're always projected as nutbags, you know. Yeah, always. Yeah. Could the Lord install a righteous president? I mean, absolutely. Like read judges and read kings. Like God can do, God can do whatever He wants, and that's why I'm always like, dude, I have no dogma. Like because I read the Word, and it's like the Lord can have a whole lineage of wicked kings, and then out of nowhere, one of their sons come into power and tear down all the high places. And believe me, that is my prayer. First thing I did when I went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th is went right up to that phallic of Nimrod and just pray, please, God, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. Lay waste these high places. Lay waste these high places, God, and restore righteousness in the land. Yeah, I like I know how he dealt with with Sodom and Gomorrah. Like if there's even one righteous man in there, I'll spare him. I'm like, Lord, I know that you have righteous people all over this land. I I see I meet them all over the place. There are people interceding, there are people crying out, there are people fasting and praying, and they're sincere. There's no religiosity in them. They're doing it because they are sincerely undone by the Lord and and they want to see his name be magnified in all the earth. And yet this lawlessness is abounding. I don't know why, but I know that if the Lord wants to raise up a righteous man and tear down the strongholds, oh God, I pray for that day. Man, I, I, I pray that somehow I would have some role to serve in the courts of that guy, whatever it looks like, but absolutely you could. Okay. All right, got this question here. Um, and this is way off the beaten path for us in this conversation. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Let me. Yeah, why not? Uh, so, yeah, so, so do it. we? Do we live in a, on a flat Earth? No way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not a flat Earther, man. Okay. Sorry. We just you, you can checking. throw all the scriptures we're just, at me. We're checking at, your... at me that you want. I'm just I, there, to me. To me, that's and and I have tons of friends that are mega flat Earthers, and oh. you know, and I, I would never be dismissive or disparaging towards Rob Skiba or any of those guys that are, have really pushed the envelope on teaching that stuff. Mm -hmm. To me, it speaks to, there's in Galatians and other verses about, uh, you know, meaningless mythologies and genealogies that just basically, we haven't, we haven't (laughs) like, like I, I, I personally don't understand the relevancy of it to your identity in Christ and the power and the majesty of the gospel lived out in real time. To well, me, it's like it's the perfect distraction and maybe even a mechanism of the of the global elite to just actually mock a lot of people. But sorry if you're a well, that was a, that was actually I know you've probably you've done more research than I have. Uh, that's well, just, that is actually, that's, I, I think I think the the viewer was probably performing a psychological evaluation on you, so I think you passed that. But I don't <laughs> think we've gone. We haven't really gone far enough here because this is the edge, man. And you're out there in Colorado. That's a Bigfoot heaven, or haven, heaven out there, man. Is there Bigfoot out there? So here's the deal. I was just talking about that today. We have some people in from out of town. And they asked me my take on ufology. Um, obviously, I'm I'm very in tune to that reality, right? Like, done stuff with L.A. Marzulli and on expedition in Peru, and myself and Tim Alberino in Peru, and blah, blah blah. Like, like that's again, that's kind of the kind of the the world that I operate in. But um, last night, after I retired from the night, they were sitting out. We're at the Four Corners on Mesa Verde, right? Anastasi 
Pueblo Indians building in the sides of the cliffs because the giants and the Nephilim are coming through this area, cannibalizing them. It's where you have the Canyon of the Ancients is literally six miles from my house, right? Like this area is the number one archaeological site in North America. So everyone, like that's where oh. I live. And I'm on a reservoir, high mountain reservoir is where this property is. So I say all that to say last night, or this morning they asked me about UFOs, and I'm like, that's an interesting question. Why do you want to know my take on UFOs? I'll fire hose you, but yeah, thanks for it. And they said, because last night this thing that was bigger than a 747 came and sat smack over that over our reservoir and did not move for our hour and a half and made no sound and did nothing and just sat there and hovered. I'm like, well, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me because we're literally looking at Mesa Verde, which is the high place where wow. – there is high UFO activity and all kinds of other supernatural stuff going on. So mm -hmm. Bigfoot, yeah, haven't bumped into one, man. I'm of the line of understanding of interdimensional beings, mm -hmm. not uh, some descendant ape thing, you know, mm -hmm. zoological, yeah. whatever thing, but like cryptozoological thing, mm -hmm. but more along the lines of one of the operators of the spiritual wickedness in high places that's interdimensional. Mm. Wow. Uh, Thanks for asking. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, Anita says, can you explain God stopping the sun in Joshua's day? Uh, you know, I, well, I don't know how to explain it. I know that, I know that there's archeological evidence that supports exactly that all the way in China and that different calendars and events had to be re reworked across the whole faith, face of the earth on that exact day. And so it is it is a factual, evidentiary-based occurrence, which again supports a biblical narrative. If you can believe that, then you can believe Jesus is who he says he is, right? Uh, but why did God do it? I don't know. I've even researched it out through the lens of it being a part of the cyclical uh, perturbances of the Gabriel's fist, Nimrod, or Nimrod, Nibiru, Planet X, Apophis, whatever, that that happened to fall in an exact cyclical thing that could have been a perturbance that God allowed at that exact moment. I don't, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I don't, why did he do it? Because he's God and he will demonstrate his power on behalf of his people so that his mission set can be accomplished. And one thing, it testifies to the tenacity of praying by faith. And, and a knowing of your God. It wasn't that Joshua was a great man of faith. It was that Joshua knew the God who was faithful. Mm. See the difference? Yeah. That, it's a very distinct difference. Joshua's like, I'm not strong. You are. I'm not faithful. Your faithfulness is my shield and rampart, right? Like, I'm not wise. You are wisdom. I grow weak and weary. You never grow weak or weary. You never grow faint. So everything is an exaltation and magnification of the excellencies of the Lord God Almighty. That is a knowing of your God, which makes you strong, not because you're strong, because you know his strength, and equips you to go forth and do daring feats of valor, me, which let, is how exploits Let me, let me ask you your, your take on this scripture. I'm going to say it two ways, I guess. Uh, when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift a standard against him. Some people <laughs> say it, it's really... When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Lord will raise a standard against him. Which one do you think yeah. is closest to it? Well, I, it's funny that the first conference I ever spoke at, that was my that was the presentation I gave, was oh. on exactly that verse. And that word standard is a battle flag. 
The banner mentioned all throughout scripture is a battle flag. His banner over you is love. And the Lord lifts a banner against them and the banner this and the standard this. So literally when it says when the enemy comes in like a flood or when the enemy comes in like a flood, look, how, however you want, we want to exact. Either way, they get their asses kicked, right? <laughs> the meaning that it's the same. The Lord raises a battle flag against them. So watch the movie The Patriot if you haven't seen it for a while. The final last scene. Even to this day in the Marine Corps, I was the guide-on bearer for the Marine Corps. In the Navy, they call an ensign. In the Marine Corps, they call it a guide-on and a standard or a banner, you know, depending on your branch of service. To this day, which my platoon was the first platoon in the Marine Corps into Baghdad, right? Because we were like this cat recon platoon thing we pushed out. Yeah. We carried our banner, our guide-on with us into battle to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's what – organizes it's what orients it's what charges headlong it's what distinguishes the unit and the commander under which you fight it's everything your battle flag this is all in the book ladies and gents like literally if we knew the martial language of scripture you go all those who in that poll were saying they're on the fence you you wouldn't be on the fence you'd be like i had no idea that this is what i've been enlisted into through christ jesus right Mm -hmm. but that's what it's saying is he literally goes boom battle flag follow me he is the Lord God of hosts, which is the Lord of the heavens armies. It's the number one way he chooses to identify himself. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name, period. The Lord is a, the Lord, like a mighty man, like a man of war, stirs up his zeal against his enemies. Like this is who he is. That's hmm. who he is. And God is love. So how is he a warrior and how is he love? Actually, a warrior can only do what he does out from authentic love. And a warrior is very distinct from a soldier. A warrior is compulsed by a spirit of selfless sacrifice born out of authentic love. Hence, Christ Jesus, the true and better warrior, Messiah ben David, the coming conquering king. Wow. Man, I listened to that all night. Um so you're out there in Colorado. We'll get back to that in just a little bit. So if people want to support what you do, is there some way from your website to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Right now you can go to omegadynamics.org. That's omegadynamics.org and, and see what's going on with the ministry as we developed it. We're calling it the Calico Buffalo Base Camp. We're operating it as a base camp out of this area. Uh, we haven't even built a website yet. I haven't done anything for that yet, but yeah. yeah, we are in, we are in need of support. Um, I just want, if, if anybody ever hears me ask for support fa- financially, it's not because I need your money. The Lord is my provision. Like the Lord will forever be my provision, but I know the Lord delights in cheerful mm-hmm. givers, right? And each man gave according to what the Lord had put into his heart to give. So like if there's opportunities for the body to be the body and undergird in that way, then the Lord will, will use people on that. So now, do we you- do, I mean, our, this camp is in, we were given this camp uh, um, because of the ministry. Somebody gave us this camp. It has multiple cabins on it, mm-hmm. We uh, a home for us to live in. Uh, but it's been in significant disrepair for years and years and years and years. So it needs like major, major remodel how, how stuff many, to make it functional. How, so how, how if anybody is- does feel compelled to to support our undergird, obviously, dude, pray. We're, we're in a meat grinder here spiritually all the time. Prayer will always supersede anything in the tangible that you could give. But if the Lord lays it on your heart, man, we would love uh, your support, but your support out from obedience to the Lord, not out from any other objective. So do you own this property? I, I mean, 
ish. <laughs> I don't know okay. what to say. It's like, okay. It's like, how, how big it's is like, it? It's uh, like one of those things where it's like a, a hundred year lease for a dollar so that there's okay. a transaction. But okay. yeah, it was given to us. And yeah. How many acres is it? It's 33, and wow. that's not some Illuminati. That's just how many. Hey, 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 hey. Don't anybody read hey. into that, man. I know. I know how I know the nasty gram emails I'll get. Uh, it's 33 acres and uh and yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that the Lord Well, I, I might have been place. near there. Me and the wife took a, a western trip, went to Glacier and Teton and down to Yellowstone and we were thinking I knew you were somewhere in Colorado. So I thought, well, you know, we're getting ready to head back east, back to Indian India no place is where where we live. Um Yeah. Uh, Indianapolis, in, close to Indianapolis, I call it Indian no place. But, um, so, but we we took a little dip in in the corner of um, of uh, Nebraska just to get down into the northeast corner of Colorado, just like I said, I was there. But I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some flatland territory. It was a nasty yeah, place. I, I, I got to believe tell you. the Lord let us here. It's, I ain't it's going amazing, back to that place. You know? I'm, I'm yeah, not going. I, I'm not going back to that town. So maybe you in a better area. Yeah, yeah. No, it's nice down here, man. So. That's the thing is like to be able to have these facilities to do, you know, teachings and trainings and conferences and really to strengthen and equip the body. Like that's that's my burden is like that we would know our God. So so if if it's here, if it's through, you know, engaging people intimately one on one or in groups or as families or couples or whatever it looks like, man, it's like we got a mission set from our commander in chief and the captain of our salvation, our mission set is good. And it's to turn many back to righteousness, Daniel 12, three, right? So like we got this mission set and uh, the Lord's always looking for a few good men. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him, not uh, dabbling and walking the fence. So hmm. there yeah, you go. You, well, you know what? I wonder if on that poll, uh, I could have put lukewarm because if somebody answered that, we both know what happens if you're lukewarm. Lukewarm kind of goes in the timid and recluse. I don't know, but let me see. I'm going to go back and check and see if we got any what the results are. Look like they're still about the same. We need to get we need to get a lot more viewers into the warrior class type of person. All right, let's get to uh, some final questions here real quick. Um, do you believe in a rapture? Um. How do I word this? I be, I don't I don't believe in I don't use the word rapture. Let's put it that way. As scriptures doesn't use the word rapture, but I absolutely believe in a resurrection and glorification. <laughs> How about that? So I'm one of those dudes who's like I'm gonna stick to to what it says, you know. And yeah. and if I'm speculating, I'll let you know this is speculation. And and I'm I I love the sanctification and the refinement of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So today this is my understanding. Today, as the Lord crushes me and reduces my flesh and my carnality and fills me with more of the Spirit and reveals more of the Word, then I'll go, dude. I used to believe this way, but. I, mm. so see, I was wrong. Now Praise see, God for his mercy. And now I lean this way. But yeah, no, I, I don't subscribe to a pre-tribulation rapture um, whatsoever. And I have lots of brothers and sisters who I love dearly who do. And it's like, okay, cool, man. Like, I hope you're right. I just don't prescribe to that. Man, I just, and, uh, and I that's just, all right. I just said a quicksand trap out there right in front of you. But you spied me out and you figured it out. You went around it, <laughs> which is good, man, because no matter what your answer is, there's 
three other different views of that. That's one yep. of those Christian quicksand things. As soon as you answer a question like that, then whatever you said before, however great you said before, if they're on the opposing view, you they lost. You just lost them. I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's that way. And, yeah, and, and I don't I don't understand why that why that topic should cause any consternation within the body. None. Yeah. None. It's like, dude, I hope you're right. Well, there's many of those. I, there's many of those. Like, I, I don't lean that way, but that's okay. Yeah. Like I, I don't prescribe to that, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that would ever cause any consternation in anybody. Like mm-hmm. that's insane. So it should be pretty, pretty like, dude, all right, cool. And you're preaching. I'm not. Let's like move on, man. and love the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I would say 80% of the guys that I speak with at these conferences nationally are all preaching rapture. Mm-hmm. It, we love each other, man. Authentically, good. it doesn't well, good. matter. So you, so you can cross the line there. But that's that's one of many dividing points that Christians latch on to and just discard their brother or sister in the Lord. If maybe there's even, I mean, you can go to a Christian website and not before long, somebody's going to be talking about flat earth. And then, it's so and weird. Then, and instead of building each other up in the faith, they're trying to tear each other down. But that's just one of many topics that divides the church. No wonder there's this ineffectiveness to the church because there never seems to be a single message. Now, you, you got the Catholics running around in the robes uh, who love to sit in the high places and who uh, don't like to eat meat and forbid Mary. That sounds familiar. Talking about doctors and devils. There's something, anyway, that's another subject. But they always have a sing- singular message. You know, they get one guy tell them what to say and they all say it. But in, in, it's a wacky world out in Christian land. It's sad. It's it's genius. I mean, as a tacticianer, what would you do? I'd do exactly that. I'd 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 sow the psyops and the psychological warfare because a house a house divided can't stand against you. And isn't it interesting that that it's on this? I don't want to say stupid. They're not stupid. They have value, right? But like, the, it's not central. Like, what's central? How about righteousness? How about justice? How about love? How about mercy? How about how about in these things I delight? Like like this is a man who I esteem, him who is humble and contrite and trembles at my word. It's like how about that? How about desiring the esteem of the Lord and through that lens rather than your own self puffed upness on some speculative theology? Although you claim it's not speculative. For what? What's it gain you in the end to hate your brother or sister for flat earth or rapture? <laughs> like, dude, or or uh, what they eat. I mean, have you read the have we read the book of Galatians? And like, it's insane, right? But it happens all the time. And even if you're like, even if you gently seek to admonish, right, which we're called to admon- seek mm-hmm. to gently admonish somebody, mm-hmm. it, it actually is a good it's a good thermometer of of when you're speaking with spiritual words and spiritual truths and you're speaking through the lens of scripture and you're just trying to gently admonish and not be a fault finder and, and rightly divide but not be divisive and do these things, it's a pretty good indicator if they reject sound doctrine mm. because we're, we're told like the man without the spirit, it's foolishness to them. They can't receive it. So mm. if you're like, hey, man, let's not get hung up on the rapture doctrine. You're like, screw you. I'm blocking you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's like, ah, well, good. <laughs> That's keyboard test every spirit to see if they're from god right right so good test you failed homie like let's move on so while we're all arguing about that you got some kid in a skirt raping girls in public school system so you know there's got to be some kind of priority here and i'm i'm thinking like you you mentioned at the beginning of the program 
there's more of us than them by millions. If you look at the county map of the United States, it's all red. And oh, it's insane it's, it's, how many of us there are. And so, of course, now Hitler, I hate to bring that guy's name up. He seems like he comes in every conversation, but he would have loved to have this technology. He, he couldn't even believe oh what they're able to do with this technology. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and actually, going back to Ministry of Babylon, it was the U.S. propaganda machine, Bertrand Russell and Huxley's and all these dudes, that equipped Hitler to do what he did. Same with Henry Ford mobilizing the Nazi war machine and on and on and on it goes. And IBM computers and, you know, IG Farm and all, all these things that, like, there's all this, they were using, the U.S. was going over to Germany late 1920s and in the 1930s that's why hitler was time magazine man of the year and whatever that was 37 38 stuff yeah. like that like because our mechanism mystery babylon if you understood the mystery schools and the cultic roots of the united states of america we were the ones that undergirded everything that the nazi party did including adolf hitler 100 mm. well, percent. it seems to me that uh El the elder bush wrote a book on eugenics that they use too so uh let's get to a couple last final question here uh from christopher pernell so it says jamie is the antichrist going to appear on the scene within the next 10 years whoa i don't know man i he's I out mean, there i i definitely i definitely lean to sooner than later let's say it that way and i mean the the convergent coalescence of events you know in this big old climatic zenith which that just sounded like uh like a like a, a book title or something, but like <laughs> actually Tom Horn did write a book called Xena 2016, but it, it's going down in real time. And so it wouldn't surprise me again. If anybody wants to know my perspective, this is my opinion. I'm eager for the Lord to reveal his will is, but my perspective through study is that the antichrist is not just some global leader, man, but he's actually a, deity an entity right mm -hmm. a uh, mm -hmm. a return of the golden age of the gods the new atlantean age he performs lying signs and wonders the whole world marvels after him every religious dogma is thrown off in an instant because of him right uh, uh all these things this counterfeit death and resurrection counterfeit utopic reign that he brings in counterfeit uh i believe that it will be his blood that is the next vaccination to stave oh. off oh. you know the oh, mass no. die off of the world Did because it's by his blood that you'll be like everything that the antichrist any means in place of christ everything that he does is an exact counterfeit of christ jesus to the t hence anti anti antichrist in place of christ and i believe that he is uh um you know uh we know the occultic schools are through Apollo, Apollyon, Nimrodian worship are seeking to Ooh. resurrect Nimrod, who became Gibberim, right? He became as one of these godmen, as one of these transhumanistic, uh, you know, Rephaimic freak shows and the whole world to this day from the Vatican to Paris to D.C., District of Columbia, who's Columbia, right? All these things. It's like this is their climatic moment. The pyramid is unfinished. They can't wait to finish it. And that would be through the resurrection of Apollo, Apollyon, Nimrod, Osiris, you name it. That's what they're after. 
Well, I don't know that that uh, Joe Tallyband, but he seemed like a Nimrod. <laughs> yeah, Joe, I call yeah. him. I call he him is jo- a Nimrod. I, I call him Joe Tally Tally Biden. He's definitely been near, uh, you know, near the Tower of Babel, to say the least. <laughs> well, <laughs> living in the shadow of it, right? Okay. Well, <laughs> man, I tell you, well, we got some, we got some great one-liners here tonight, man. And by the way, <laughs> yeah. you can. You yeah, can, we covered a lot of ground, man. Yeah, you can you can use Tally Biden. I don't got that copyrighted. All right, all right. Yeah, that's a well, good one. Well, Jamie Walden uh, of uh, Omega Dynamics, we are at the end of, end of the interview section part of this program. Any final words you'd like to say to the audience as we close it out? Uh, you know, I, I would just say, like, for real, do business with a holy God. At the end of the day, nothing else matters, right? We know that Christ is the foundation on which every man builds. You get to pick your building materials. It says... Some build with sticks, hay, or straw, others with gold, silver, precious stones. But at the coming of the Son of Man, each man's building materials will be tested with fire. Like you get one shot to die to self. You get one shot to walk by faith. You get one shot to live intentionally for the king and for the kingdom. You get one shot, ladies and gents. You get one shot to walk by faith because when you see him, your faith will become sight. You get one shot to hope in the Lord and wait on the Lord because when you see him face to face, your hope will come to fruition. You got, you got one chance, like get after it and get in the stinking fight and die to yourself, live for the King and make much of the kingdom kingdom that you've been bought into. And listen, if you're not in Christ, do business with him, man. He, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to heal you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He does not treat you according to your iniquities or your transgressions. He heals all your wounds, cures all your diseases. Psalm 103, like, he's a good king, man. But I'll tell you what, he will not be mocked either. So he's not to be trifled with. That's it, man. Wow. Well, well, well said. And I hope uh, people have listened to your words of wisdom there right out of the good book itself. Jamie Walton, I appreciate you coming on the program. Can we have you back on again sometime? Yeah, absolutely, brother. So, hey, you know, you know me. We can cover a lot of ground. So, whatever, whatever I, you want to get after, man, and, we'll talk about it. Man, you give me, and you also give me a run for my money on my ranting, man. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, be- I got a fire hosing problem. I just, <laughs> it just keeps coming out. Okay, all right, Jimmy, I appreciate you. Stay safe out there in Colorado, and God bless you and your family. All right, thanks for having me on, brother. Appreciate it. You bet.